Welcome to the Mandates Men's Conference 2021. The Spiritual Man. The message that you're about to listen to today is brought to you by Jesus House London. God bless you as you listen. Richard Gamble is the former chaplain to Leicester City Football Club and was a chaplain at the London Olympics. He is the man behind the eternal wall of answered prayer, a monument dedicated to answered prayers that will be finished by the end of 2022. He is also a business entrepreneur with a wide network of contacts in sports, business and community. Richard's areas of expertise are in marketing, startups, strategy, e-commerce, and chaplaincy. He also has an extensive knowledge of sales and marketing strategy and online marketing. Please welcome to Mandate 2021, Richard Gamble. Well, guys, it's um, my pleasure to welcome um, someone who I admire greatly, and you will find out why, uh, to Mandate 2021. Um, we're talking about our theme is the spiritual man. Um, and, and this is, seriously, this is a spiritual man, uh, Richard Gamble. What does Richard do? I'm going to let him, you know, flesh, out, flesh it out, but I can tell you that He's the founder of the Eternal Wall. What is the Eternal Wall, Richard? Well, it's a, uh, a project where we're going to build a national landmark about Jesus in the heart of the nation. And it is a giant architectural sculpture, uh, an infinity loop, which reaches about 50 meters into the skyline. So that's... 50 meters? Yeah, so that's like uh, two and a half Angel of the Norths on top of each other. Wow. Size of a football pitch. And it's made up of a million bricks. And the idea is that every single brick will represent a story of Jesus where somebody has prayed to him and you see how he's answered. And people will be able to come up, they'll be able to point their phone at any of the bricks, even the ones 50 meters away, and their phone will light up and it'll tell them the story of hope that lies within. And we're doing that because we believe in the power of testimony and we believe that we need to preserve the Christian heritage of the nation. We need to ignite this nation in prayer to have faith and we need to proclaim Jesus to the nation. Wow. So it's been a 17 year journey to get to this stage and we, 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 we're getting close. And uh, you know, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. You know, I'd like you to, when you talk about, uh, I, I had to f- figure this out in my mind and get the picture of this, uh, 50 feet, 50 meters 50 high. meters, yeah. yeah. And it's funny what I thought about. I thought about the 100 meter race and I thought that's half of the track for mm. the 100 meter race. That suddenly brought it in, into perspective for yeah. me. And the size of a football pitch. And I, I understand that it's, it's on the outskirts of Birmingham. That's and, right. And that everyone flying into the Birmingham airport will yeah. see it, yeah? Yeah, so it's in between the M6 and the M42. HS2, which is being built, 
just at, I mean, talk about coincidence, just as the, the train slows down to go in, into Birmingham, that's where we'll be. Uh, and we reckon 790,000 people will see it per week. Per week? Per week, just in their journeys. Yeah. And, and if you think of, you know, Christ the Redeemer in, in Rio, or Angel of the North, or, or these landmarks, they get massive, massive coverage. And of course, we want people to look at that and go, what, what is that about? And then go into a bit more depth and discover that this colossal structure is made up of a million stories of answer prayer. And when you get there, the bricks are tiny, and you start to get the idea of how big a million is. And of course, I only need them to believe one brick. They only need to read one story that convinces them that there's a God who answers, because that's the journey we want to take them on. And, and of course, you're, you're expecting that not just Christians will come there, you're expecting that quite a, quite a number of people who are not, not Christian. Yeah, I mean, we, we are expecting about 300 to 400,000 visitors every year. We're going to be really promoting it with schools and colleges and, and have an education center and a visitor center for them to come and discover what Christians believe about prayer. So I, I want the church to get involved as much as we can. The day we open, I want to get as many non-church people there as I can. Wow. And then um, all these, all, each brick would have a story, a testimony, um, real-life testimony of, of, of someone who has prayed to God, waited on God for something, and how God came through for them. Yeah, so, so you'll have an app, and you know, when somebody downloads the app, it'll start to ask them some questions. And then maybe they type in a disease, ankylosing spondylitis. And then the app will guide them around the wall on their own unique journey and then buzz and say, point the phone here. And then they'll be able to read a story about somebody who maybe has got the same condition they've got. And they'll be able to see the journey of faith that people have been on. And, you know, some of, some of the, I mean, we know how it is. I don't want to represent God as this supermarket God that yeah. we go in with our list and... Yeah. It's not my experience. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we want to we have a whole range of different stories. Yes. You know, we've, we've got one story of a lady who, single mum, no food in the house, sat down, started to read the Lord's Prayer. She said, give us this day our daily bread. As she said bread, the doorbell went. And there's a man from Tesco's saying that an order's been cancelled. Did she want any of this food wow, for free? Lovely. You know, and then you've got other stories where somebody's prayed for 50 years for their, for their husband to be saved. You know, and, and, and you have some, you know, really heart-rending stories where people have gone through and they've not had the answer that they expect, but they discover peace and joy in Jesus yeah, and, and, that is a and are grateful for, for the experience, yeah, which is mind-blowing. And that's a testimony. And, and it's important to say that yeah. um, so that... People don't think we're saying God is uh, this ATM machine and you know you slot in your card and you get exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, you get what, God's, what God wants and we can settle for that, that yeah. if that's what God yeah, wants. Yeah, and I, I, I believe that um, God is more interested in the journey towards the, the answered prayer and the journey after the answered prayer than the answered prayer itself. Yeah. 
And so if we're to align ourselves with God's heart, when we're praying for something, we, we focus on the journey more than the thing that we're praying yeah. for. And that'll be one of the things that we try and yeah. express for people as they come. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I was talking to someone and I was saying to them that, um, the, that, that God answers prayer. Um, and that's, that's a big you know, categorical statement for me. Um, just that sometimes the answer is not what we want and we must be ready for that. But one answer you are guaranteed if you genuinely set your heart to petition God, pursue God in the place of prayer is that you will get God. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a big enough answer for us to be satisfied, satisfied with. But you know, I've heard some of the testimonies, Richard, um, some, some mind-blowing testimonies. And, and you guys just listen to this one. I, I've, I, this one I want, to, I want to hear again. Um, <laughs> the testimony about how you got the land, the, the challenges yeah. leading up to that, and then how you eventually got that land. And, and Richard, if there's anything that convinced me that this is God, that building this massive monument in the middle of the nation, and it's a monument to Christ and to God, that it's him, it's this testimony. Yeah. So well, I, I wanted to hear it again myself. Yeah, it's interesting that because when you look at Nehemiah, when he launches the vision, he says, this is what we're gonna do, and this is where we've received God's favor. So for me, this is one of our stories that sort of talks about this is God's favor. So um, we'd, 17 years ago, God gave me the vision. Seven years ago, I started working on this. We presented some designs in a parliamentary reception. And I'm standing there, you know, in one of those, what am I doing? Standing there in front of MPs and people from the House of Lords throwing questions at me. And I heard this little gnarly voice in my ear going, you've got no money, you haven't even got any land, this is a fantasy. And so I went away thinking, Lord Jesus, I need help finding the land. Please help me find the land. And my wife and I were invited to a conference in the States. Nobody knew who we were, you know, we were just rocking up. And uh, this lady said, I've got a word from God for you. She said, God wants you to know he's got some heavenly land prepared for you. And that was like the first moment. Wow. It's great when somebody speaks to you who's completely unconnected because yeah. you know it's the word and, of the Lord. And you, you, didn't know, you didn't know this lady? No, yet. no. Wow. And um, so we have a team of people praying for this project all the time. And so I, I contact them and I go, hey, this is really cool. Listen to what God said to us. And one of the ladies said, she said, well, if God's told us where the land is, God, God's told us he's got some land. I'll just ask him where it is. I love that. She was like, that'll save us a lot of time, won't it? I just love that. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, well, you know, we were about to employ a company to find the land for us. Yeah. So I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, okay, go why for not? it. Yeah, why, why not? not? So, uh, uh, you know, a few weeks later, um, she was... In her head, she was cleaning her teeth. It's a really odd story, this, so bear with me. But she's cleaning her teeth, and in her head, she's praying and saying, God, please, please tell me where this land is. And then she felt a word flash through her head. Mm. And she shouted to her husband, I know where it's going to be. And they typed in this word, and then up popped a dental practice. She's cleaning her teeth, and a dental practice pops up. What, when you said they typed in this word, what, 
so so it was like um it was it was um it was Lansdowne, but it was yeah. a really weird spelling. Yeah. And a dental practice pops up. Yeah. And above the dental practice is this piece of land. So she circles this piece of land by the motorway and says, either this is the land or the person who owns it is highly significant. And, and when I saw that, I was like, wow, because the person who owned that land had emailed me two weeks before Amazing. and asked me if he can meet. So I, I thought I was meeting this guy for money because he was a you know, rich, rich individual. And, and of course that changed my head thinking, okay, this guy, this guy's gonna help me with land. But what I didn't want to do was go, hey, listen, this woman circled the land, you know, cause that's- You didn't want to manipulate it. E yeah. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's fantastic. So I'm, so I'm sitting there in this meeting, I'm giving him the vision, he's your typical businessman, poker face, sort of like this. I have no <laughs> idea whether he, he likes it or not. And um, then at the end, he tells me, that bear in mind, God gave me the vision for this 17 years ago. 17 and a half years ago, he'd set up a trust fund and one of the aims was to build a national landmark about Jesus. Wow, so he was a, he's a, he was a Christian. Christian, Yeah. but God had already spoken to him. I almost feel like God speaking to him and him responding with setting up the trust fund yeah. released the faith for God to speak the vision to me. So. So then he goes away and says, well, I'm going to pray about this. And I was like thinking, this is so obvious. You don't need to pray. <laughs> and then he came back and he said, we've decided to give you some land, wow. which was amazing. And, but it wasn't the piece that the woman had circled. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll live with that. And then after a few months, it didn't work. And then he gave me another piece of land and then it didn't work. And by this time I'm going, you know, my prayers like, God, what's going on? And I feel like I'm losing momentum. And then he paid an architect to look at all of his land to find the best piece. And the piece he circled was the piece that this lady had circled two wow. years previously. Wow. And it's just, for me, it's a, it's a story of really the God of the unseen. Mm. You know, there I am for seven years, like working away. God's already got the land ready. He's already got the man ready to give it to me. I just can't see it. Yeah. And I've just, got a, I've just got a trust that the provision yeah. on the other side of the mountain is gonna, gonna meet me at the right time. Oh, wow, wow. You know, um, um, as, as, a, as a preacher, I, I am barely restraining myself here. I'm thinking <laughs> this is such a message um, about God's faithfulness yeah. and how even when we don't know it, God is working. And that might be a message for someone who's watching. Um, you're, you're at a place, you're wondering where is God in this place. Um, Richard's story about the eternal world tells you that God is very much involved. Even when you don't know it, um, God is working behind the scenes and it all comes together um, as it did for the, uh, Richard and the team at, at the eternal world. Now, Richard, you, you, you spoke about 17 years ago. And it was what, 17 years before? Seven, so 17 years ago from today. Okay, so. That was when God gave me the, the so vision. So between the time when God gave you the vision and when things started to move, um, what was that, about 10 years or something? Yeah, like 10 years. And, and so, 
how can I describe it? It's almost like a niggle in the back of your head. And, and I'm doing, I'm running a software business and doing all sorts of stuff and planting a church and I've got this little niggle, you know, about this wall. I think as soon as God gave me the vision, I spoke it out. I feel that's really important. So I, I met with some people and went, this is what God's told me to do. And, and then my wife really for 10 years was like, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? And in my, in my mind, I was like, keep praying about it, keep thinking about it. And I was thinking, well, once I've got 20,000, that'll buy me the land I need. <laughs> I mean, I now know that the land cost 1.7 million pounds. So I was a bit <laughs> so your sure. Twi- your 20,000 wasn't <laughs> yeah. going to get you. <laughs> well, that, and that's been sort of the, the joy of the journey really is just a naivety. I, yeah. I've not really understood what I've got ahead of me. So, so it was for, for 10 years really thinking about it, but the door's not opening. And then... So what, 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 what kept you going? Uh, because you have this, this thing in... This, N- this niggle, yeah, yeah, that won't go away. It's gnawing at you, and just won't go away. And and then it doesn't seem like anything is working because I suspect there might be somebody out there who's in in the same place on this journey, yeah. where they kind of sense, you know, this is w- the direction God would have me go, but nothing is working. It doesn't yeah. add up. The yeah. doors are not opening. So what 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 kept you going? Um, Why did you just give up and? You know, just throw yourself into your software business or yeah, something. I think, I think, I think it just comes down to obedience. To be honest with you, I didn't feel like I'd got any other options other than to keep going with it. And I suppose over the years, you learn um, the timing of God, don't you? And you learn when the doors are open and when the doors are shut. And I, I just thought. It's not the right time, but I can't, I can't shake it off. Mm. And then, and then um, I remember one day I'd, I'd, I'd finished with my software business. I'd, oh man, I was trying all sorts. I was trying foot golf businesses and extendable desks and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and I'm, I'm there sat by my desk and my wife comes in. She's like, you're really, you're really stressed. And, and, I was, and she said, what are you doing? And I think I listed 12 different projects I was trying to run. And she said, well, what do you, what do you want to do? And I said, well, do you know what? I feel like I need to start on this wall now. Mm-hmm. I said, but I said, babe, it's, it's not going to pay any money. And she went, well, none of this is paying any money anyway, so what's <laughs> the difference? And it was just a, like a word of wisdom, really. Yeah. And then I met somebody who said, I know how to do this. And, and, and that for me was the green light, right? Okay, all of a sudden, I've been talking to people and getting nothing, and then all of a sudden I meet with somebody and the door starts to open. And, and, then, and then it's like, okay, well, let's go for it. Let's, let's go all in. Wow. And, and, the, and, and then we had this moment where we started off with crowdfunding and we needed to raise 45,000 pounds. And I'm, I do not know how I manage this, by the way, but I'm on BBC Radio 2 launching a crowdfunding project. For, I the, don't wall, know, for the wall. For the wall. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where it's going to be. In fact, I know very little. How they allowed me to get on the radio, I have no idea. But I thought, well, once people hear this vision, they are going to go be all after, you know, all over it and go for it. And of course, that didn't happen. 
And that, that was one of the hardest times for me on the journey because realizing that people are just not gonna grasp your vision just because you think it's a great vision. And um, we needed to raise this money four days to go. We, we've, we're, we're still half of the way away from the money. You know, nobody's answering my emails anymore. Nobody's answering my phone calls. It was horrible. And um, I just prayed through the night. And I just felt God say, I'm behind you. Be at peace. And so I wrestled for two days to be at peace. And then in the last two days, all the money flooded in from wow. all over the world. Wow. So that was really a test for you. Yeah. To see whether you would trust God um, when it didn't seem like it was coming together. Yeah, and I think it's interesting when God speaks to you in those early days, they sort of ripple through the rest of the thing. Yeah. And, and one of the things that God said to me was, this is not your project. Mm. This, is, this is not your gig. This is mine. Wow. And, and I think, you know, even now, even today, you know, we're crowdfunding. It's been a really tough day. And then I have to remember the thing that God said to me, which was the response is not your responsibility. Wow. You know, let him blow on it. Let him happen. Let his timing. Because I think for the, the entrepreneurial guys, we, we just want to make it happen. Yeah. And the hardest thing is going okay, stop, stop striving and let God set the pace. Well, you know, you, um, let's talk a bit about Richard. He, he, yeah? Not, yeah. Not, not the eternal war. Um, what's your journey been like um, up, up, to the, up to the point where you, you now fully gave yourself to this vision? Yeah, I, um, so I became a Christian when I was 20 years old. Yeah. Um, I'd had an, an encounter with God when I was 11, no Christian parents, but I, I learned that if you put your glass against the wall, you could hear the conversation next door. Yeah. And I overheard my mum and dad talking and, and my yeah. mum saying she may have cancer. And no teaching about God at all, but I just knelt by my bed and said, God, will you look after my mum? And I couldn't describe it at the time, but I now know it was the presence of God just filled the room and just said, it's going to be okay, which it was. And the interesting thing was, so I had an encounter with God when I was 11, but it was nine years until somebody shared the gospel with me. And then I knew what I needed to do. And I, I suppose that's been like a motivating factor for me is there are people out there who they just need to hear. You know, God's already set set it up they just need to hear and and i didn't you know for nine years i didn't know where to go and and so um yeah so became a christian gave up everything that i needed to give up you know and um uh then went to bible college two years at bible college i think i was a nightmare for them because i sort of i think outside the box and i'm a bit different they did not know what to do with me they sort of set me on planting churches and I did that for a bit, but I was like rubbish at it, you know. I didn't have the patience. And I think that's part of the journey, isn't it? Learning to not, you don't have to fit in a box yeah. to serve God. You yeah. don't have to go through this sort of factory or yeah. machine. Yeah, he, and use, it, he uses us how, how we are. Yeah. And he, and he loves the, 
the variety. God does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then um, I sort of got my stripes then and, and started my software business. And um, then I was chaplain for Leicester City Football Club. Oh, yeah, Club. yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was, a, that was an experience. What was really. that like? I mean, I'm, I'm digressing. I want yeah, to hear, no, I want hear the story. But yeah. what, what was it like to be chaplain for? It was really hard. Because I, I normally will go into a room and I'm quite charismatic and... You know, but in football, it's like a different man. That they, they like, they're so quick, and and the the banter is really quick, and it's a really machoistic environment. And if they don't want you there, they'll tell you. They don't. Yeah. They don't mess about. Yeah. And so, it's a performance-focused culture. So a chaplain doesn't really cut it you know with them, yes. so are you going to help me with my game i don't think you are therefore i'm not going to talk to you but you stick in there and i remember one player coming to me and saying it's funny really he said he said oh, i can understand why the young players might want you but uh, you know i'm never gonna i'm never gonna use somebody like you and i'm thinking okay you're, you're in my house having a meal <laughs> right now but okay <laughs> and and um then a few months later, he then pulled me one side and said, can I talk to you about something? And had a personal situation going on. And then about eight months later, he said, I need to talk to you. Booked a room, went into this room. He said, right, just tell me about Jesus. Wow. And, and it was just a, you know, it was like a three-year journey. Yeah. And, um, but it, it, was a, it was a tough environment. And uh, you realise that these, it sort of opened my eyes to the world of elite sport. Yes. It all looks fantastic, but uh, behind the scenes, it's, it's quite a tough environment. And they're just, they're just young, young men. Yeah. You know, some of them. And you, women now. Yeah, 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 with a lot of money, yeah. living in a bubble. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy environment for them and they have to learn to trust you yeah. before they'll open up. Yeah. Well, Richard, I, I, I wish we could continue this Sorry, conversation. Sorry, have I gassed on? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, seriously, I have so many things I, would, I, would, I wanted to ask you about yourself. Um, the, I, I know your commitment to prayer, the people around you, you know, their commitment to prayer. This is really answered prayer, the, yes. eternal, the eternal war. Um, I also know how you've gone through ups and downs, and yet you've stayed the cause. Um, as we kind of start to wrap it up, I also want to talk to the men about how it's funded, um, because I want to encourage... Uh, guys, yes. I just want to encourage you. Um, how is this eternal wall going to be funded? Um, it's going to be funded by largely crowdfunding. Yeah. yeah. Um, you want to say what, something about that? Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> You know, like, in Nehemiah's my textbook. And, and, and he sort of, like, is at the wall and everybody did their little bit to make this get built. And so my appeal to you really is, can you do your bit? Can you help us? Because that is going to be so powerful to this nation where we can tell them that tens and thousands of people have clubbed together to build this. That will speak to this nation. And... If you um, go on the website crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash eternal wall, 
there's an opportunity for you to get involved and I really wouldn't want you to miss it. Well, guys, I'd, I'd also like to encourage you to go on the website um, and find out a bit more about this. Um, I, I've, I've spoken with Richard about it and frankly, I just went home and told my wife, Shola, you've just got to... I, I told her about it and we've, we've decided we're coming up there uh, to, to see the land. I think it's amazing that such a monument to God is being built in this nation. Um, I'm hoping we can play a part in, in, in it, in whatever way God asks us to, certainly by praying for it, certainly by getting involved in giving to it, and then also by sharing testimonies. Um, again, on the website, uh, there, there's provision for you to share your testimony, and your testimony could be one of the one million um, that others will see that will encourage them that we serve a living God. And so we want to say thank you, Richard. Uh, thank you for joining us for this conversation thank you. at Mandate 2021. Um, and, and we're looking forward to going with you on this journey, really. I'm looking forward to that. Um, my wife, Shola, is looking forward to it. And um, we can't wait for the wall to be up, built, opened, um, and welcoming the hundreds of thousands who are coming to yeah. really hear the story of the gospel, the story of Christ. And it, and it will last for generations. I think that's the, the power of this, is what we do now is going to impact the generations that follow in this country. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Well, guys, um, I know I, uh, we could have continued this conversation. We're constrained by time. That you know, that thing that stops us when we're enjoying ourselves. Um, and I want to say to you guys, um, we're going to take a break um, and then we're going to um, go, out, go and have lunch uh, and then we'll come back uh, for the afternoon sessions. Um, if you want to get in touch with Richard, it, you can do, do that. Um, his e email details are on the website. You want to ask more questions, you can ask us and we can pass them on to him. I uh, want to encourage you to get involved. This is for us. This is for the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, it's a testimony um, to the faithfulness of our God. And how many agree with me? This nation needs as many testimonies as we can put out there to say we serve a living God. He's very much alive um, in, in the 21st century in the United Kingdom. So let's, let's, let's get behind it. Let's, 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 you know, let's put our, uh, our hands to this plow and let's get behind this vision. God bless you. See you later. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And for more information, please visit our website at jesushouse.org.uk and follow us at Jesus House on all social media platforms. May God bless you.